Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I'm all right. It's, uh, I have some dialogue this, uh, <laughs> this time around, so I have a little bit more interesting minute. That's great. I've got some dialogue too. Uh, and I've got some really, f- I've got a little bit of fun dialogue and next week is even more fun dialogue. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything confusing time travel stuff going on though. It's kind of straightforward minute. Yeah, I don't either. I was happy. I, I was either. like, oh, I don't have to figure out if anything's reversed or not. <laughs> I, I don't either. And yeah, okay. there you go. Our minutes match up again. There's the thematic, <laughs> thematic parallels. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan absolutely intended that to happen between these two minutes. So that's exciting. Well, so since we don't have any heady things to talk about later on, what do you, what have you been watching? What have you been up to? So I just finished watching. It's a great question. Um, (laughs) And I, I I was just thinking before this actually, that I should have had the show on my list of TV shows that I enjoyed from last year. Um, Slow horses. (laughs) Are you familiar with the show? No, it sounds so stupid. It's no, 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 no. It is incredible, actually. It is so good. Wait, are it they? Is, wait, 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 wait. Are the horses mentally challenged, or are they just not very fast? So you're, 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 you're close. There are no horses in the show. Oh, <laughs> wait. It's a, it's a. So it's a British show about this, like, it's about like MI five, right? But the slow horses are like this group of people who are like just not good enough to like be in proper MI5. So they're in like this, they're in the slow horses unit, <laughs> you know, they're like off to the side. They're in the special uh, education. Of, kind of. Uh, I, it sounds like a show I would have enjoyed. At some point. Yeah. You, I think you would love the show. Gary Oldman. With this group. Gary oh. Oldman is in it. Uh, oh, wow. he, he stars in it and he is. His character is just one of the greatest characters on TV right now. Huh. I might check it out. I'm getting so sick of Yellowstone. What? Who is <laughs> watching this garbage? People love it. Yeah. Oh. Actually, I, I like. I think one of the... I need to watch one of the prequels. That's probably pretty close to, to I, next on my list. I think I'm just going to skip to the prequels because I could care less. I, all <laughs> these people are horrible. And, yes. And I'm talking about like the production staff. Like, why are the Native <laughs> Americans in 2023 the bad guys? What, what is what conservative garbage is this? I mean, well, yeah, they're they're getting in the way. They're of trying progress. to take back their land. How dare that? What is this? <laughs> uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um Anyway, Slow Horses. You do. Slow you should horses. check out Slow Horses. It is super good, uh, and it's really short. I think it's like six or seven episodes a season. You'll fly Love through that. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you had something too. Something along okay. the lines of Russell Crowe. <laughs> you had asked me a while ago if the Gladiator sequel 
was real. And I had asked you, we were doing the year in review or whatever. So I was like, no, put a pin in that because I have things to say about that. But so apparently, yes, it's in production. Ridley Scott is going to direct it. But that's not what I wanted to talk about because <clears throat> I had heard like on the Internet a while ago that there's a script going around for Gladiator 2 that's ridiculous. Um, somebody on YouTube has a great video about it. I think it's a channel, Captain Midnight. Um, anyway, so the script is written by this guy, Nick Cave. Have you ever heard of him? No. He's written, no. he's written one other movie and has a band that's like Nick Cave and the Dead Seeds or something. It's it, his, it, at the beginning of Peaky Blinders, that's his band song. That's yes. His, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought the name sounded familiar, but yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so Red after, Right Hands. Like, like uh, after Gladiator exploded, it was a huge movie. It like launched Russell Crowe. He was already kind of big. Yeah, I think he had done the insider, but it launched him into the, you know, zeitgeist. And um, he approached Nick Cave to write a sequel to Gladiator to which Nick Cave said, well, I've only ever written one movie. And didn't you die in the first one? <laughs> he goes, you'll sort that out. Um, so the, he wrote a full script for gladiator 2 and do you want to like i i, I could just give you the bullet points of what happens in the script so um, wait the movie is or is not happening it is this is they're not taking his script but this script floated okay. around for a possible sequel to okay. gladiator 2 i would like to know about the script by nick cave <laughs> so in it it starts off uh, maximus uh arriving in um uh, the the uh, Roman pantheon version of the afterlife. Okay. And he goes on a journey through wh whatever they're like the, the river Styx or whatever, and going through all the realms um, looking for the gods of uh, the Roman gods that he believes in only to find that they are in decay and they are dying. And they tell him, that they are dying because their their worshippers and their followers are turning away from their uh, from worshiping them to worshiping this new god, um, who uh, is all powerful and who has sent his only son, Jesus, <laughs> down to earth as his prophet. Those gods then the the, the Roman gods then resurrect Maximus back into the world of the living to hunt Christ. <laughs> that's the, that's like the premise. That's like probably the first 15 minutes of the, of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to see that movie and guess you won't believe like just skip to the end bullet points of what happens is it ends up that Maximus um, becomes a perennial immortal soldier going through um all the great battles of history waterloo american revolution um vietnam and it ends with him working in the pentagon uh, uh fighting the war on terror that is that's <laughs> i just it's so ridiculous and stupid but i would want to watch it <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it's fitting for where Russell Crowe is right now. (laughs) (laughs) I like this late stage Russell, fat Russell (laughs) Crowe. Yeah, it's hard to. (laughs) Okay, like what movies is he doing these days? Um, I, I think of him in The Nice Guys. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Uh, it's a comedy with Ryan Gosling and they're like detectives in LA. And he's just like, I'm a fat guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's got... yeah. And he just owns it. He was in that, he was in a Marvel movie. He played a, he played a, one of the Greek gods, um, Zeus. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And he was just, yeah. Zeus is just kind of a fat Buddha like God now. <laughs> All right. It. Yeah. Well, I, I hope we get that movie at some point. That's yes. all I can say. And also, well, we are getting a Gladiator too. I, I don't think Russell Crowe's in it. Okay, that yeah. probably makes sense. Yeah, it's like his son uh, or like one of the yeah the kid from. But I would like to see a sequel to Master and Commander. <laughs> you know what? Uh, having watched your other content on the YouTube's mm-hmm. um, Minimum Effort Media, <laughs> go check out Kevin's uh, essay format video collection. Oh, thank you. Um, I've never seen that movie, but you reference it a lot. And now I, I, and now I want to watch it. <laughs> There's so much about like leadership and like masculinity in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I also just watch it like once a year. So that's. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's on my, that's on my list of movies. I want. There's you, you, you've referenced a couple of movies I want to watch uh, or rewatch. Actually. I, I want to rewatch glory. Is glory as good as I remember? It's probably the best civil war movie. Oh, that motivates me. Only okay. because so many Civil War movies are like centric on the South being right. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it's really, I, sh- I want to do a whole video one day on all the terrible Civil War movies there are. Because there's only like two good ones. Okay. And Glory is one of them. Glory and uh, 1993 Gettysburg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is a TV movie. That is. Yeah. That's with Jeff Daniels. I saw that too. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember really, really enjoying Glory, so mm-hmm. uh, I want to go back and watch that. All right, well, fun stuff. Let's talk about Tenet. Oh, yeah, that's right, this this movie. All right, where back are you? Here. You're on the boat? I'm on the yacht. I'm uh, the Planet Nine yacht. Uh, actually, I don't know. If the, do we know what the name of the yacht is? In, I forget, actually. The real, I'll, the I'll real pull it yacht up for name. you. Yeah. yeah. I'm at uh, minute marker 5321. This is episode 54, by the way. Uh, we are on the yacht. If you recall from last week, the protagonist drops her off and then sails away, gives Volkov a funny point. Um, and Seder and Kat are talking to each other. And last week we left off with Kat saying, referring to the protagonist, he seems nice. I invited him to dinner. Uh, and then we pick up from there. Okay. So she quickly changes the conversation and says, Max, calling for their son, uh, which is uh, the exact thing you would do if you were feeling nervous in a moment. Um, and Seder says he's visiting Pompeii and Herculaneum. Herculaneum. I don't know what that is, actually. Hmm. Uh, I should have Googled it before and done some research. Uh, I'm assuming it's an Italian tourist attraction. Um, anyway, Kat says... Is where just... Hercules was <laughs> conceived? I don't know. I mean, yeah, probably, right? Oh, it's an archaeological park, Herculaneum, in the tropical city of Naples, uh, Italy. Sweet. There you go. 
Google Google buried images. under volcanic ash. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So it's like Pompeii. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so Kat says, you just sent him off. I promised him I'd go with him. And she looks so disappointed here. And then uh, Seder says, I explained you were busy. And then there's a pause and he starts turning away with your friend. <laughs> uh, so cold, right? Just so yeah. cold. Seder exits. And then there's a re- like a good five second shot of Kat just staring daggers at him. <laughs> like it is, it is good. Uh, so the, a, the premise is that he manipulates the son and her by restricting the amount of time they're allowed to be alone together. Yeah. I mean, he's also like manipulating the conversation they just mm-hmm. had. Right. Because yes, he yes. had already did this. He already sent him off. Right. Mm-hmm. But now like he's using this conversation, like what happened in the last 30 seconds and throwing it in her face. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is why I did it. Right. <laughs> It's kind of like this is just this is shitty husband material, folks. I'm just gonna oh, put yeah. it out there. <laughs> yeah, but Seder's not a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that brings us to 5343. We have a, a new scene. It's uh, it's dusk. The protagonist is walking up this like stone walkway, like sidewalk kind of area. There's, there's no bell. friends at dusk. Yeah. There's no, that's right. There, that's very good, man. <laughs> it's all alone. <laughs> there's uh, some church bells going off in the background. Uh, it's a very pretty scene. And then 5351, we cut to dinner on this very nice balcony. Uh, the protagonist is walking onto the balcony. The camera is behind the protagonist. And Volkov greets him. We love Volkov. There's also a lot of guests at this dinner, by the way. I'd love to like <laughs> learn a little bit about some of these guests. We don't get that chance, but maybe in I, in Tenet two we'll learn. I'm about always some surprised of the guests. how much Volkov is in the movie. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he says nearly nothing, but he's yeah. just ever present in the movie. So Vol- Volkov greets him at the door, and I think the protagonist actually goes in for like a handshake, handshake with uh, <laughs> with Volkov, and then. Uh, Volkov actually grabs his arm and starts to frisk him <laughs> and starts to pat him down. And then we cut to Seder, like looking really suspiciously, suspiciously at, at the protagonist here. Um, and then as the, the protagonist starts to frisk below the waist, the protagonist says, Hey, uh, Hey, easy fella where I'm from. You buy me dinner first. And this is just like, it's par for the course. The protagonist is full of really cheesy one-liners in this movie. Yeah. And uh, this is a great example of one. It's it's that 007 kind of joke. Yeah. yeah. Also, not as funny as 007. Though. No, <laughs> yeah, no, like, not, it's not. It's Roger not. Moore would have had a better zinger in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> when you're finished, I'd like a go at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not as cheeky. Okay. Um, okay, so Volkov doesn't find a gun. The protagonist would be a moron to bring a gun to this dinner. Volkov lets him through. Uh, so the protagonist comes in, sits right next to Seder because that's the only seat available. Uh, he also, while he's doing it, like he gives a nod hello to someone, right? Super, mm-hmm. super awesome. What a gent. Yeah. And then uh, we're almost done, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, the protagonist says, Mr. Seder, as he sits. And Seder says, don't bother and then again, there's like five seconds of this really hard stare 
at the protagonist, mm. like staring daggers. Like it's just so hardcore. Um, yeah. And he's just an uh, antagonizing kind of guy, you know? Um, and Seder says, after don't bother, just tell me if you've slept with my wife yet. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of my minute. Stay tuned to episode 55 where you get to hear the rest of get this Get to hear if he slept with <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a ballsy move because he is going in like with the prospect of being like, yeah, I am having uh, relations with your wife and that's why. I'm... <laughs> that's right. Like, that's like part of the backstory of why he's on the boat. That, but like, Which is a really ballsy in move, you know? <laughs> but wouldn't Seder think like, if this guy was, would he really come to dinner with me? Mm-hmm. Or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he would if he didn't know who Seder was. So there's lots of like preconceptions and assumptions that could be made here. Hmm. Also, when do we get to the stupid sailing scene? That's like coming up. For- that's, yeah, that's coming up really soon. Yeah. <laughs> stupid sailing scene. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Just thinking of uh, all these boats. I, I did look. It is Planet Nine. And there are blogs dedicated to this yacht. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty popular one. Um. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I guess people rent it or like I don't know. I guess like they have to. I guess these things have to have their own marketing team, you know. I, it costs a hundred million dollars, so I mean, it's yeah. Um, the cost of the boat is probably like the GDP of some small countries. Um, uh, referring to the the sailing boats, we're gonna have. I'm gonna have some backstory on those next week. Uh, or because there's a there's a real story to those boats so we'll get to that those aren't cheap either by the way i could uh, yeah those are like like you could like compete those in like uh whatever were those sailing yeah those are whatever those are those are those are competition sailboats so like the Ryder cup and shit yeah one one of them i believe belongs to uh larry ellison who's uh a very very famous billionaire no he created oracle Oh shit! So he's he's God. he's he's well known in the uh, in the in the racing circuit. Really? Yes. Wow, Oracle like runs everything. Kind of. Not in the future. <laughs> oh uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> <nah>, that's. <laughs> or it did, I guess. Back when Maybe. I was. <laughs> back when I was banging. <laughs> back when Oracle. I was. Back when I was banging out sequel, I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this Oracle shit?" <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's the end of my minute uh red team you are up red team is up and boy is red team up because uh, actually no it'd actually be blue team is up because <laughs> the protagonist because i'm yeah, it just inverted himself yes blue team yeah blue team is up uh i'm oh, jesus i'm on the blue team uh, and we are joining the protagonist uh if you remember uh from last episode the protagonist was getting um out of the turnstile and getting into the sob, which he's then going to go pick up the algorithm and crash. Um, but the algorithm was actually already in the car, as I discussed previously. Don't have any of that head spinning stuff going on here. <laughs> um, the protagonist is just finishing up his brief from Wheeler, and I have some extra dialogue from Wheeler in the script. And also there's extra dialogue from Wheeler in the movie <laughs> that's not in the script, so... Uh, we got some stuff to discuss there. So the protagonist is standing in front of the door. He just declined to wear the hazmat, the full-on hazmat suit or whatever they wanted to put on him. Cowboy shit. Just, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, he's he just took the oxygen mask, uh, which is kind of how I guess that's what Seder was wearing. So I guess the protagonist is like, yeah, I could, uh, I'll do that too. Just the oxygen mask for me. Uh, he's standing in front of the door. Wheeler's still going through her brief. Um, and then he says, uh, protagonist says, can I, or asks, can I drive a car? And then Ives, who's in the background moving boxes around, just uh, says cowboy shit. <laughs> like just as an offhand, you know, this is a stupid idea. What is he doing? Uh, it says in the script right there, Ives and Neil grabbing respirators. Okay. They, they, what they're doing is loading Getting up supplies, the, looting. Yeah. They're loading up the shipping containers full of supplies because you oh, see okay. Neil with like bottles of water and cans of food and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. And then I have to like next episode, I will be going into detail and in all the stuff that they're packing because you see a lot of it. Like I said, I saw the car in the background of that turns out. There's a lot of random supplies around. Okay. So after, uh, yes, if he can drive a car, um, Ives just walks in the background, says cowboy shit. Wheeler says, I can't vouch for handling. Friction and wind resistance are reversed. You're inverted. The world is not. That's where it ends in the movie. In the script, she goes on to say, you can't fight the prevailing wind of entropy. Don't try flying a plane. It will fall out of the sky. Once again, you're inverted. The world is not. And those forces will be pushing back on you continuously hmm that's okay. very interesting the reverse plane <laughs> yeah yeah don't try and fly a plane <laughs> yeah i but i mean okay maybe i'm thinking too much if the plane is inverted <laughs> i think it could fly <laughs> i mean yeah that's and this is we talked about this right like a plane an inverted plane would fly normally, right? It, from our perspective, yes. If you're if you're inverted and the plane is inverted, it should just work. It should just work. And to the casual observer, it would look like a plane going backwards. Yes. Which is weird, but it would yes. make sense to that. I, yeah, yes. I, but if you're inverted and the plane is not inverted, you could be sitting in a plane because they're sitting in boats all the time. Right those aren't sinking for no reason. They're, you know, they're <laughs> sitting in boats that aren't, they're getting into cars that aren't inverted. Um, they're being driven by helicopters, right? The helicopters aren't inverted. That's why right. they're in the shipping containers being hung underneath. Right. Yeah. So I think that was taken out because somebody said, wait, I think there must've been on set or the editor going, Hey, this thing about the plane falling from the sky, did you think that through? <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway uh this next part is interesting just a little bit of set dressing something i discovered as we were coming through it but it's in the dialogue here protagonist turns to neil was there a transponder on the case neil says he'll have tossed the case protagonist says i'm going backwards that's the ball i have to follow Give me the reader. Um, and then Neil hands him a phone. 
the protagonist sticks a Bluetooth earpiece in his ear. So that's the Bluetooth earpiece he's going to put into the case that's not only going to act as the transponder, and I don't think that's how a Bluetooth earpiece works because I wish it did because I... But he's going to put that in the case and that's how he's going to use that to track Sater's reverse movements from the case being unthrown from the car. Right. Uh, But he's also going to pick up what Sater was saying on the walkie-talkie that he already heard, but he's going to hear again, but he's going to have it uh, taped invertedly that he can listen to normally, which is get the other pieces of the algorithm to hypocenter, whatever else he says, which just says that like all the pieces are going to be in this one place at this one time that, right. that sets up the third act. Um, and hey, then, just a thought actually. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm almost done too. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You, <laughs> but, you finish yeah. and then I'll give, I'll give my thought. Okay. Uh, Okay, and then Wheeler says, uh, in the movie, not in the script, you ready? (laughs) You don't see a lot of what she says, I think because they had to edit out the other stuff she said. So you just kind of hear her talking um, while the protagonist is getting ready. Um, And that's when the doors open. Uh, Protagonist emerges into a strange world. According to the script, this is what it says. The air feels different. The friction of his feet on the asphalt feels different. He looks up at birds flying backwards. We don't actually see that. We do see, you do see that. We do see it later. I, it, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, not at this moment, not in my actual minute. Got it. Um, but we do see uh, a, um, air vapor or steam contracting onto a pile of dust that's sucking itself bigger. So there's like mm, a mm-hmm. pile of dirt or a pile of sand that's being blown by the wind, but it's being sucked reverse and getting bigger, which is kind of cool. And then he's about to step uh, into the puddle, and that's when uh, my minute ends. Oh, by the way, this minute started at 1 hour, 30 minutes, 21 seconds, and I'm ending it at 1 hour, 31 minutes, 21 seconds. Um, We're so close. Yeah, just before letting you go, I just want to mention something that, in the script, he finds the keys of the sob on the tire. Uh, I didn't note that. Oh, okay. Earlier. But I believe it's a push button start. What, you still need the key, in. but yeah. Or you need the fob, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The shot of the birds, I remember, because like uh, watching birds against the sky fly in reverse kind of mm-hmm. looks like birds flying in normally. <laughs> you can't tell unless it's zoomed in. And then if you do, you still can't tell because the sky is neutral. There has to right. be something in the background so you can yeah. tell which way it's going. So the, the reverse bird shots never work, <laughs> even though they mention it several times in the script. That no yeah. one thinks that's going to look cool. But in the editing room, they probably go, wait, no, it just looks like a bird. <laughs> and again, like later, like I think I said this in my next, my previous minute was like the boat going backwards. Yeah, boats go backwards all the time. <laughs> That's not that cool. I like to think, like, yeah, I like to think the editors are like, oh man, I don't think Chris thought this through. <laughs> no. There's a moment when they're on the boat later where uh, Kat says, I can't get over the birds. And then they don't yeah. really show the birds because again, it just would not look like anything to us. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's really and funny. there is also one moment where they are they are inverted and there's a plane flying and there's a helicopter flying in the background and the helicopter is flying the right way <laughs> and i called that out and that was probably also a big headache for editors <laughs> the thought i had was you know the a satyr is inverted when he gets control of the 241 he can't go back to the turnstile because Ives has control of it now. Um, and obviously the protagonist stays inverted to get back to um, wherever. The... No, they can because How? they're going backwards. The inverted because they're going backwards. Everyone's inverted by the end. Everybody's of this, inverted at that point. Everyone's inverted. Oh, yeah. The, the protagonist is going backwards to the the heist, the Freeport heist to, mm-hmm. to, you know, get cat through. And then, but Seder's also inverted here, also traveling backwards, right? There's tracking Seder is really hard. Tracking cats really hard. <laughs> well, Seder it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's hard to track cat for that short period of time, but mm-hmm. now you have a very long period of time. Like what is Seder up to for like the next three weeks traveling in reverse? Cause we know he's going back to the yacht in Vietnam right yeah oh yeah like is it from this point on that he's just traveling in reverse to get to that moment like what's like this should be the sequel everything we should be the sequel we always say yeah, that. a whole nother but perspective like, of from yeah. just Dater's perspective would also work because there are moments like that where i'm like where did he i don't know i have to also figure out where he comes from when he walks into the the uninverted side of the turnstile and he threatens the protagonists and then he goes in and then that's when he um shoots cat and then has to do the that's coming up in my minute that i have to explain and it's real it's head spinning <laughs> because he's taking he's shooting cat but he's unshooting her because he's inverted and then he's taking her on that journey through the right through th- through the through the car chase scene right he shoots her first yeah that's the thing right yeah and then he, so from the protagonist's ex- perspective he's leaving a dead cat there but from satyr's perspective he's shooting her and then he's taking her right to use as a hostage for the earlier protagonist that's on in the car it's, oh, it's so it doesn't but then, make but sense then, yeah but then there's a shot cat sitting there that they then invert and take with them uh it's it's all Where's my whiteboard? <laughs> I was so save happy that this save one it. wasn't confusing. Save, save the whiteboard for next week. Uh, we're up on time anyway. Yeah, um, Oof, we're gonna we're gonna dig in deep to that moment because that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, thank you all for listening to the Tenant <laughs> yeah, Men podcast. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on, we will read your reviews on the show. So please go ahead and do that. Uh, And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movements of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend. That 